Well, if our hosts would get done, be done getting high over there, we could do our introductions and get started with this thing. I don't we, think I'm ever got a, done getting high. Got a man on the clock over here. You don't understand, Ron. He's got places to be, things to do. Five true, true. Come out one time. <laughs> you can get a couple more in you. Yeah. Sort of. Get up to up to peak. Peak. Freaks and geeks, drinkers, thinkers, ramblers and gamblers, stoners and pet owners. This is the Outsider Social Club, a place where us misfits, miscreants, weirdos, oddballs, eccentrics, outcasts get together and palaver, ramble, prattle, and what a have you. So without further ado, uh, here it goes. One for the party, baby, pop on the road, drumming, knock back a drink, there's nobody home. Hello and welcome to the Outsider Social Club. I'm your master of ceremonies, Drinks with Ron. Uh, here with me, the godfather of drinks, uh, Squirrely Dan's older brother, Troy, uh, and the Hashtronaut from the podcast, The Pitfalls of Nostalgia. Nostalgia Pit, is that what we're going with? Just the... Yeah, the Nostalgia Pit. I love go. the rebrand. Yeah, which... It, well, it's something. Once we <laughs> figure out what it is, it'll be, it'll be good. Nostalgia yeah, I hear pit. you. Yeah, Nostalgia Pit, wherever podcasts are available. Um, I think we got regular rules tonight, right? 2.5 dogs is the over-under. Drink if you hear a dog or a cat or a bong. Uh, and with that, we will go to the godfather of drinks for the over-under on drinks tonight. Uh, Troy, what you got for us? Well, Rono, appreciate the time. We've got a bit of a conundrum here mm. in my world. Ooh. I was going to have a little Kentucky bourbon on the rocks this evening to celebrate my country roots in honor of our esteemed guest. And when I'm in honky-tonks around the world, I like to have me a good old-fashioned bourbon ice Ah, a good old fashioned Bud Light chaser. Nothing keeps you going through the whole set like that. Hmm. But, but my friends, well, boil order hit my town today. Boil order. No oh, drinking oh. water allowed. Whoa. My ice tray was empty. So it's beers then. Chaos ensued. Okay. It is bourbon neat this evening, violating my country music code. <laughs> And I'll keep my pinky up so I feel like I'm listening to jazz, so it should be okay. <coughs> and with what? that very little bit, we'll set tonight's over-under at two full sets of full drinks or nine sips for those of us drinking at home or drinking oh. alone. Oh, a sip modifier. I guess that's... Well, then, hell, I guess... Uh, well, I'll join you with the bourbon, then. I've got the Wollersheim Two Mile Wisconsin Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Um excellent and also since i know they're listening tonight rano i'd like to give a shout out to robert's western world in nashville tennessee my favorite hockey talk for weekend jaunts well done and robert's western world where they have fried bologna sandwiches and you can tip the cook okay i don't believe i've ever had a fried bologna sandwich interesting you have yet to live if you haven't (laughs) had fried bologna yeah uh, it's fair what what caused the boil order uh tmi for those of you who don't care about water chemistry or science <laughs> the town had a the town had a uh a pressurization loss in their water lines and mandatory state rules require you to boil or issue a boil order after uh pressure loss below 20 psi so any loss for any amount of time causes that problem hmm. so this town of you know seventy thousand people had one pump go south on them for the first time in 30 years and 
now we're all boiling our water tonight for for no real reason other than maybe there might be something in it. But <laughs> I was it's hoping safe. it would be something cool, like you know they found like a dead alien. You know, well they found out someone was was growing a bunch of pot. Yeah, <laughs> in, they were doing hydroponics in in the water tank, and so in we were excited about tank. that. We tried not to tell anybody, but yet the secret got out. Oh, crazy Dale been shitting in the water tower again. <laughs> Something good. Well, I mean, I don't think you can beat a segue like that to bring in our next guest, uh, musician, man about town, old friend of mine. I've known him for, shit, it's been over 20 years now. Uh, let's bring in Jim Seam to Great Fanfare. Hey, hey, hey. How's it going? Good to see y'all. Indeed. It's been too long, man. That's right. Last time I was, I saw you, I think one of the last times I'd driven through a a tornado right through a tornado and i did an interview with you and i was so shook up i think it was the worst interview i ever did <laughs> I, I don't know i just actually watched that yesterday uh, it wasn't too bad it wasn't too bad yeah no that's uh yeah i think the roughest part was that the cat was in his chair and he wouldn't give it up for you to sit in so okay. and keep booting the cat but it looks yeah. bad and I, I knew what it, i knew what it was but i just i had to try it i had to go right through it it was awesome it was worth it you know i forgot about that till you just said it now man man that's crazy but yeah like i said i i've shit i met you would have been january of maybe oh two or oh three that's crazy i believe I, it. yeah i had a birthday party and i had a friend of yours i worked with and she pulled the old oh you play music i got a friend that plays music and Oh, yeah, yeah. You got a friend that plays. Oh, sure. Yeah. Can't wait. Um, so, yeah, she brings Jim over and is like, holy shit. <laughs> like, this guy plays. This guy's good. Uh, he's better than us. I like this. <laughs> uh, but I think what our uh, first big bonding over was uh, the old school rap and uh, my fantastic old school rap CD collection. Um, I remember you burning plenty of them. So I just wanted That's to dive into kind of your uh, early influences and what kind of colored your your style coming up well um i remember one of the first songs i really really liked uh was a song aisha by another bad creation that song hit me hard um it's a throwback this is, a, this is like the predecessor to, to crisscross to kid group <laughs> um they were better crisscross stole their style basically but that was one of the first like hip-hop songs i really liked but um yeah i, I was a hip-hop guy like diggable planets I had this like hot babysitter who had like all these hip hop tapes. She was like a bad tapes. kid, you know, and she she had them all. And oh, yeah. so um, she really put me onto like LL Cool J. And you know, I think since I was like, I think I got into hip hop in like '89. So like High C was kind of hitting that, <laughs> and um, you know, UMTV raps was really important. You know, that's that's how you hear, you heard uh, good music. You know. In my small town, from a town of three thousand people, so you See, know we never even got MTV. We didn't get MTV till a couple fucking years ago. I think we were done playing <laughs> music already. But I know you were a big, uh, you were a big R and B and kind of soul guy too. Yeah, for so sure. That that's kind of where uh, we had the overlap on the rap. But a lot of the other artists you were into weren't people I was familiar with. Uh, yeah, Joe to see when I was very young, way too young. I was that song, you know, like songs like "Freaking You," things like that. <laughs> changed my life i would just listen to him over and over and i probably influenced my you know behavioral patterns <laughs> seven-year-old kid grinding on the couch you know, that's true yeah. you know the the you know unmentionable r kelly of course um 
you know, and then later on, like D'Angelo, Jagged Edge, you know, all these things. So, but yeah, I don't really listen to country music at all, at all. I mean, there's like a few good songs, but I take like, you know, all these like rhythmic patterns I've learned from like hip hop and R&B and like dance hall, like Jamaica music. And I think it kind of is like, you know, I think it gives me an edge because I can kind of see where country is going. It's like kind of doing this R&B hip hop thing. But I think I'm like, you know, there already. So. Well, it's weird because, I mean, I'd, I'd tell people years ago, oh, yeah, you should check out my buddy Jim. He plays around town, blah, blah, blah. Like, well, what does he sound like? And I would like, well, there's, I don't have, there's nobody I can compare him to. About seven years ago, I went down to Nashville and started walking around all the bars. And I went, Jesus Christ, these guys all sound like Jim now. I, I sent you a message like, you got to get down here. They all bit your style. Like, <laughs> I've never, I never liked country, but I like it now. I like where it's going, you know? It's weird. I, I listen to it at work because that's <clears throat> all I can get on my shitty little radio. So you don't feel, hear the full range. I remember going to a bar last year and hearing a song that I had only heard at work and the fucking low end on it. I was like, I thought, I was like, is that an 808? Like they seriously are, yeah. some of these country guys hit, are hitting old school rap sounds on the bass. It's, it's weird. It's a really weird conglomeration right now. Imagine if you got like a co-write, like you got like Jason Aldean to a co-write with like Raekwon the chef, <laughs> like his like rhythmic patterns, you know, and his like rhyme schemes, you know, I think that would be like the move, you know, there is a lot of that. There was a, there's a dude now who they call called jelly roll. Yeah. Yeah. He used to be a rapper apparently, and just made the switch into country, which yep. seemed like a really, really odd, odd stretch, but I don't know. He fits in now. It's weird. It's yeah. genres become something else. Yeah, it's great. You know, everybody hears everything. So it's fluid now. Everything's fluid. <laughs> yeah, because I remember, <clears throat> I don't know if the first time we ever got you over to actually play was one of the jerk farm sessions. I used to, a bunch of dudes I played with were called jerk farm. We just get drunk and improv shit. And I remember jim coming to one of those and like for weeks after that just coming back like writing pages and pages of shit and it was like holy shit is like something just flipped the switch on this guy and he just took off writing like what was that how what was that like because it seemed like you were just piling shit up for a while there yeah um yeah i've you know i you guys were just like sitting there yeah making songs up on the spot and i'd say like really high quality songs you know, no, no writing or anything. And uh, I could kind of relate to that in a way. It was like kind of something I was looking for. I didn't know because I was, I was like, how do you write songs? Blah, blah, blah. I was like, oh, you just like record and, uh, you know, try to catch the good parts. So, um, yeah, that's that's still how I write songs. Like I have to record, you know, I have like hundreds of songs, you know, just because, yeah, it's, you just you just hit record and, and go. I don't I'm not sitting there like sitting there like writing, you know. And that's, that's like a, you know, that's how all my favorite artists wrote anyways, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Cause it was like from there, uh, it seemed like you had this big writing spurt where you were just, like I said, it, it got prolific there for a while. And it wasn't too long after that. Uh, I think it was when the down for whatever uh, era began and, yeah. and you had like a three man band, like mandolin, like uh, tell, tell the crew about that, that band. Uh, my friend Chris and I grew up, um, well, first we grew up fighting. Then we um, we were in a play together, and he was like the uh, Tin Man, I was the Lion. 
and we both we we both realized we we're into rapping so we we're just freestyling you know backstage all the time and um for the wizard of false play and, and we got to be really good friends and uh and um we started you know kind of messing with music we we're in a we we're in punk bands primarily hardcore bands right um, and then he went to california then when he came back you know this was the era of like you know slightly stupid was just coming out and so we do, were doing like acoustic kind of reggae but it was all like yeah it's like a mishmash of styles and you know just like freestyling and you know hoping a song comes out of it and um yeah, yeah some of them were so unique because like you said you had kind of that almost hip-hoppy cadence to some of the lyrics yeah but then you've got the ska on the guitar you had a mandolin in there too and, and you've got like harmonies going it was such uh i said it was an odd thing but man you guys were you guys were tight yeah thanks man i appreciate it yeah i'd like to work with chris too he's, he's really good you know his songs original songs are really good so I remember going to a, a set in lacrosse where you guys were opening for a, a larger band at the time. I won't won't mention the band, but they they had played around and were fairly big. And I remember you guys opened for them. And when you guys got done and got off stage, a fucking hall emptied out. And there was like eight people left for the headliner. You pulled a Jethro Tull on them. Uh, yeah. To, to yeah. bring back that reference, the uh, Grand Funk Railroad callback. I think Bob Marley got fired actually from opening for um, Sly and the Family Stone because he did that. He did that. Bob Marley was, yeah, he wasn't that big in his day, you know, here at least. Yeah, singing those American 50s uh, standards. Yeah. But um, yeah, yeah. I, uh, I'm glad we, we did that, you know. I don't know. Yeah, that was cool. That was, you know, music's fun that way. It's, it's good just to have fun, really. I'm so serious now. I'm like trying to write country songs. It's like. <laughs> formulaic thing but it's good to have fun i forget that yeah. hey speaking of songs you got uh you got one in the chamber you can fire off for us we uh yeah, let's do it yeah i went through an extensive sound check let get to the fruits of that all right so this song is called all old everything all old everything all right Make a hard left, let's take the back road Speed up, roll down the windows Know this whole county like the back of my hand Got a beat up, 99 Chevy Tape deck, blasting time Teddy Singing wildflowers at the top of our lungs Yeah, well, folks around here ain't made a mighty Still we hold our heads up high, up high We got just enough in this land of plenty And it's all right, although the hell is pain Killing me softly with those powder pink toes My old hand-me-down second round t-shirt Don't it fit you just perfect 
Girl, when you smile, you look like Marilyn Monroe. Yeah, well, folks around here ain't made of money. Still, we hope long hairs of pine, of pine. We got just enough in this land of plenty. And it's over and all the hill remains. I can see how you can definitely adapt that right into the country genre if if you so choose. Thanks, yeah, but uh, yeah, I'm going th- over the drink stuff. I didn't even uh, I didn't didn't even do a good job. I didn't ask you what what do we got in the cup tonight. I'm on that uh, turmeric honey chai with, uh, <laughs> with soy milk. Oh damn! That's right. Try to keep that voice all all good like that, which is kind of one of the one of the questions I thought of, Jim is. Is um I really like the gravel you throw in your voice and the way you, you, you way you make that that uh, limited range even though you can clearly go different places. Um, how do you feel about uh, when you could do doing things on stage? What's your set length going to be and be able to do that? You know, set after set or multiple sets a night or five shows a week or play, how are you going to do on that? Sixty shows a month on average. Sixty. Sixty. So um, it works. You just do it enough, your voice adapts. You know. Great. Well, that sounds like one of the hardest things from watching people that I've I've known try and sing is get to get into singing condition and not yeah. ruin it by by the uh, neat bourbons nor the beer chasers. <laughs> no, I take zero care. I take zero care of my voice, but it's worked out well. You know, I've I've yeah, played man. like you know I played like that for like ten years, so it's built up. Yeah, you're like damn callous on there. Yeah, you've been going at it that hard uh, since I've known you. So it's yeah, you've definitely definitely built her up. Yeah. So when you come to Idaho, when's <laughs> yeah. the tour going to hit out here? I got to hit the, um, I'm not going to say, but I, the only thing I know about Idaho <laughs> is uh, it's a haven for a certain, you know, people of a certain mindset. I'm not sure. <laughs> oh, you didn't go with the, the obvious potato joke. Appreciate that. No, not, that's funny. My, my, my mind goes to neo-Nazis right away. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't even that wasn't even my top three of all the insults I expected from you. So you're, you're clearly a refined individual. Like a, yeah, yeah. Thinker, what can I say? But yeah, it took a pass on a low hanging potato fruit. That's a, that's a solid marker of a solid. Is that where the the Ruby Ridge thing went down, or no? Yeah, it's barely in Idaho, but it's it's in Idaho. Yeah, okay. We're a funky looking state, like an L. Pretty yeah, country, from what I've seen. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty. Except when it's <laughs> snowing, you got to drive through it, go to work, yeah. potholes. I hear you. Ice rain, you know. Yeah, so, says Mister. I have astroturf for a backyard. Facts. <laughs> <laughs> I still love that. Absolutely love it. What, what's the city in Idaho? Where Where are you? I mean, what far is- eastern Idaho. So, oh. yeah, south of uh, east of um, Pocatello. Okay, ways. So yeah, we're closer to Yellowstone National Park than anywhere else. Oh wow! That's yeah. shit. Yeah, we. We do good. We've got a little little music scene here that's mostly related to ska and metal. Um, we've oh. got a couple of small venues that do, you know, one to 300 people or so. 
and they try and catch up and coming bands on their way between Salt Lake and Portland or Salt Lake and Boise or whatever else. And uh, um, it's got a real thriving group, but it doesn't seem to be a lot of originality. You know, a lot of a lot of just uh, uh, repetitive stuff that everybody's doing their own version of one classic tune of something else. And uh, right. so I've kind of dropped out of the local scene a bit, but uh, you could definitely hop in a van and and uh, hit music in Salt Lake City and uh, Pocatello, Idaho Falls, Twin Falls, Boise, Spokane. Portland would be the ultimate destination, I think, for a, for a, a good singer-songwriter like that. Um, yeah. yeah, I think we could probably cobble together a tour. We'll have our people get with your people and see what we can do. <laughs> Let's do it. In the summer, please. That'd be great. Yeah. Like, what does Idaho claim for bands? The only band I can think of, I love uh, Built to Spill. Mm. Of those guys. from Idaho? Well, he, I think he initially was. Um, yeah. If I think he moved, uh, did he go to Washington too after that? I'm going to look it up. Look yeah, it up. I, the most famous uh, singer-songwriter is Carol King, right? She, oh, sure. I've, I've been on her property in, in central Idaho, and, and it's quite lovely. Go ahead, Ash. Boise, Idaho. Bum, bum, bum. God damn. And this built to spill trivia fact brought to you by the outsiders. Yeah, okay, never mind. The bit was good enough. I just want to use the toy. <laughs> I'm looking up famous bands from Idaho. Oh, yeah. sweet. I don't I don't know if there are very many famous bands, but there's been a lot of people who hang out here. Bus Stop is notoriously famous with Marilyn Monroe. Of course, our a mm. good friend uh Joe Pa. Mm. The author, Hemingway, whacked him whacked himself out here, so that was good. We're oh. famous for that. Um mm. That's so nice. But, uh, yeah, no, we've got a cool little festival every spring uh, that you okay. can definitely get in on, Jim. This is not a joke either. Um, I don't know how you, where the booking is, but it's called Tree Fort. Okay. And they do like 400 bands over the course of a week and a half. Yeah, you can Ooh. get in there easy. Awesome. Yeah, that's for sure. Like, like, yeah, like they're always looking for artists. They're always looking for multiple genres. Okay. That would fit in very, very smooth. Perfect. Once again, have your people get with my people. Road trip to Troy's. We're there all going to die from alcohol. <laughs> well, Joe won't come. Don't worry. <laughs> it's, hard, it's hard to find local country music that isn't derivative. That's like original and isn't try just like blatantly trying to be something. I feel like that's like that. Uh, it, it's the local rap scene. A lot of the time is very derivative now. And Same it used thing. to be like yeah. 10 years ago. But now it seems like everyone either wants to be Eminem, Tech Nine, uh, Drake. You know, like all the cadences are all the same. Everyone's doing either triplets or like angry rap and stuff. <laughs> and it's just like, okay, let's. Well, what what about you? What do you, what are you feeling? They're like, well, I feel like I can I'm, sound like this guy pretty good. Exactly. I feel like I could do this better. And it's like, <laughs> well, what are, what about doing what you want to do? Yeah. Well, I don't know what I want to do. Yeah, which that's a good teaser because uh, when we get uh, closer to the end, I, I will throw out some of my uh, observations and pointers that I have uh, accumulated from multiple years of listening to nothing but country music at work because I can't pull in anything but country music. So, uh, yeah, I, I might be able to give you some help in your genre switch. Hey, that's what I'm saying. Good. Yeah. <laughs> Jim Seam, Western Tour, sponsored by Drinks with Ron, produced by Drinks with Ron, financed by Drinks with Ron. Find a follow our GoFundMe account. Yeah, because you said it's been a while. I think uh, you were out here, like you said, that day you drove through the storm. And I want to say, was that after my wedding? Jim actually played at my wedding. That was after. Uh, That was after. Okay. 
Yeah. So I've really kind of, I know you've moved around since then, uh, been a little bit out of the loop, but what's the, some of the journey been like, you know, cross countries and, uh, uh, different venues and, and, and things you've played in the last few years. It was fun before COVID. I was, you know, I was on the road for like six months a year or more than that. Fucking forgot about that. Like eight months a year or something. But you know, I was like based in Asheville for a while. Then when COVID hit, you know, I didn't have any work. So I got in like, you know, I got really into day trading and stuff. I like everybody. <laughs> so, um, you know, I just went to Mexico for a while and hung out there and was doing that. And um, then I came back and uh, yeah, I've just been playing like in Charleston, Savannah, like this area, you know. Okay. I'm ready to tour, you know, just like getting everything together. I got a bunch of songs. I have like an EP that's not out. I shot a bunch of videos in Mexico. I, met, um, I ended up, you know, of course I met this, like, um, you know, this guy was like, I met this dude. He's like, let's go uh, dancing. I was like, sure. I can salsa dance. Like I never had. So <laughs> I, I grabbed this girl and I was like stepping on her feet. She's like, why don't we talk instead? Uh, you know, and ended up, she was like a big, a well-known jazz singer down there. So like I opened up for her and some shows and uh, she, she put me onto a bunch of, um, like directors and so i did i did some videos down there that i haven't put out yet but i'm telling you plyto carmen is like very it's like it's it's like has so much talent you know Hmm. i'm up you know but yeah it was great it was a great in you know talent or talent yeah no (laughs) like like when joe's talking about the bar there was no talent there yeah (laughs) But uh, yeah, yeah, so, I, I, I fuck with Mexico hard. Like, you know, I'm trying to, <laughs> I'm trying to live there. You know, if I can, I want to live there, come here, make money. But you know, it's a great place to run right country music. It's like that Kenny Chesney vibe. You know, mm. this great singer out of Key West. You might want to check him out. He's got a weird mustache. Okay, and he's got a lot of songs. And he tours a lot and talks about drinking and. And he's got a whole place named after. It's called Margaritaville. You probably haven't heard of this guy. He's kind of failed (laughs) as a worldwide talent, but you might want to give him a listen. Man, that guy, that guy really, I mean, he scored, you know. I'm not going to talk shit about Jimmy Buffett, but he. Thank you, Alan Jackson is what he needs to be saying. And he he does appropriately so. So, Jim, I have a really important question related to your guitar. Yeah. I watched a couple of videos on the YouTube in my extensive preparation for today's conversation with you once again thanks for taking time to be with us and i noticed on one of your videos you got a hell of a lot of unnipped strings hanging out the back end of your keys there bud you break a lot of strings or you don't have a nipper what's the what's the deal i don't don't have a nipper typically i'm like a twister instead of a nipper (laughs) well you you, country will never let you in with that i got a a new guitar now i'm like responsible it's like a it's like a nice larvae so I've been treating it a little better. I haven't stepped on it yet. You know. Excellent. Sorry. Hey, could you repeat that name? I was going to ask you about your about your your axes there for a bit. I'm uh, curious about your. It's uh, Larave. It's um, it's kind of like a boutique guitar. They're out of British Columbia originally. I think they switched to Oxnard, California, which is quite a downgrade. Well, I shouldn't say that. Oxnard is great, but you know, it's like a factory sound. But um, you know, um, it's great. Really good sounding guitars. Like when I first heard of them. I went to a guitar shop and this guy was like, we got these in. They sound great. They're only like $300. So my friend and I, Chris, both bought them. And that's what we brought all those down for whatever song. Now they're going, now they like 
10 X, you know, they're like three grand or whatever. No, so are they all mahogany or what's, what's the hardwood makeup? Do you know? It, rosewood on the side. I don't, I don't really know about guitars, man. I got to say like, I know nothing about you play them and they sound good and you tune them and yeah, don't nip yeah. the strings. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Country's never going to let you in like that. They're going to be, take that unkempt Woody Guthrie shit and get the fuck out of here. You can only you, you can have unkempt t-shirts, unkempt hair, <laughs> bad no. hats, but you cannot have an unkempt guitar, my man. That's right. They'll fight I'm you. Gonna, I'm gonna be like in a designer suit and a, a guitar with uh, <laughs> strings all, you know, strings hanging <laughs> My approach. I cannot stand in country music. Those people have so much money and they like look like they drive they're like, you know, out of shop at a garage sale. But uh, you know, whatever. Rant's over. <laughs> you can't you can't hide money. It's a you little disingenuous, could... you know. Oh, oh, no, not like what's his, oh, the fucking Blake Shelton tries to tell me he's a common man one more time. We're going to fucking throw down. Yeah. He literally has a song. There's a line. I swear to fucking Jesus. My money has trouble making. I just, I, I dropped, if I was at work, I dropped the shit and turned around like, you're a fucking multimillionaire. You are married to a multimillionaire. You just told me that you have trouble making money and that your truck won't start. We're going to fucking fight. He's you show playing. up at the honky tonk. <laughs> He's role playing. Yeah. Like your truck won't start. Fucking fix it, bro. You got the cash. That's true. It's like Al Pacino and Scarface. <laughs> I'm totally Cuban. Look at me. Look at me. If I talk like this, I'm so Cuban. <laughs> uh, uh, yes. Cuban B. Cuban B. All right, Jim. So uh, since you love, you've talked about your rap, your rap eras of, of uh, freestyle and whatnot. And you talked about how you just like to not really write and not, not you know, not sit down and do a song, but just kind of kind of get it going and see what comes out and piece together later. Um, what else? What else are you paying your own money for to go see when they come to come to Charleston? Are you paying to see the intimate shows, the stadium shows, no shows, uh, concertinas, salsa dancers? What are you up to? I saw I'm telling you, this was like a dream. Um, I was uh, at a restaurant, a Jamaican restaurant, like, hey, we got DJs here on the last Fridays of, our, of every month. This is, Buford is a small town. It's where Forrest Gump was filmed. And I went there, and um, it was like my, my era of dance hall music. It's like, that's like Jamaica music. It's like, you know, Beanie Man. But it was like my era, and that DJ had it. Like, he knew his stuff. And um, it was all Jamaicans there. It was like a real thing. And um, I felt so lucky. I kept telling everybody, like, we're so lucky to have this right here. So, like, that was, you know, one of those magical things that, you know, everybody's called me, like, light skin and stuff. It was like, nobody, <laughs> nobody yeah. really knew about it. And the, before that, um, I went to, there's a really good club here. There's a music that's called, like, um, Baile Funk, it's like from Brazil, like a like a new, new form of Brazilian dance music. Mm. And in my part of town, it's like the quote unquote, like rough part of town. But um, they have a club that has that kind of music. And both those genres are like hard to find in any cities. And these are like small towns I'm in. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I paid 50 bucks to get into that club just just for that. And both these places, you know, ever ever since, you know, Elvis, you go into, you know, across the tracks. Any place where you want to hear good music, that's new music, you got to go to a place where, you know, there's a chance you could get hurt. You know what I mean? That's, <laughs> that's, that's always been the case. Yeah. If you want to be like on, the, you know, see the new thing. Makes it authentic. Yeah. Absolutely. Sure. Yep. So 
that's what I'm into. And like, I go see a, I just saw Matt Stell right before he blew up here in town. He's good. But I mean, you know, I just go see what I like and I don't see what I don't like. That's the thing. I'm not going to go <laughs> see whoever, but um, you know, there's a really good collective of DJs here, the strawberry squad, and they'll do like Afrobeat. So just like, you know, I just like stuff that I like, you know, I've been running into lately and I feel lucky, you know, it's like, you know, but yeah, no, no, no actual instruments played. That, 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 that's all right. That sounds like a winner for sure. Uh, oh, two little pieces before I yield the floor again, Ron, if you wouldn't mind. Uh, speaking oh, yeah. of, of uh, listening to music you've never heard in places you might get stabbed. Uh, <laughs> Portland, Oregon, circa a long time ago. Uh, Cherry Pop and Daddies have yet to be on the scene. Oh, Just wow. starting to come through. I'm on the wrong side of tracks over on Burnside. And uh, I'm with some buddies. And I got a friend who's out of be out of bad behavior, and he gets in a little scrum with a frat boy. And I was the only one who had plastic on him, so I bought thirty drinks to keep from getting my ass beat one night. Whilst we're leaving, a kid runs up to our jeep and asks, "Can I ride with you? I just got stabbed," and shows us his his bleeding side. And the driver says, "Sorry, bud, we're full," and drove away. We didn't say bud, but he said, "Sorry, man, we're full. Got to go." Yeah. And uh, so that's the closest I ever came to getting to getting in trouble with uh, something like that. Um, But, you know, there are parts of Portland, as many people on this podcast can attest to, that probably won't uh, won't uh, protect you if you are uh, exposed to the elements, as it were. But uh, one of the things, Jim, one question I would ask you before I quit asking you stupid questions, because I'm curious about this. I I always think about this because I love live music. I like to go and watch musicians play, experiment, do their thing. And I've got a whole list that's growing every every concert I go to of people I don't want to see anymore because they do mm. they sound too much like their studio albums. Have you seen anybody um, that we would recognize a name, or you can imagine people who you just wouldn't pay money to see anymore because they are just too tight as a band or as an act, and it just sounds like paying eighty dollars for their CD or download. No, nothing comes to mind to be honest. Um, Good for you. I, I saw Bob Dylan and he sucked, but <laughs> that was for the opposite reason because he didn't sing. Right. But I, I don't mind, man. I like, I like <laughs> as poppy, as tight, as good looking uh, band. You know, I like all that stuff, to be honest. Like, I don't care. Like, I, I like, I like, I listen to like rougher music sometimes, but I like polished. You know? Right. I think that, I think there's a balance, right? Where you like have originality in, in your own thing, but it's very, it sounds great, right? I think that's like I think that's like a, a nice balance to be strong. Excellent. Well, next time you have a chance to see St. Paul and the Broken Bones in your neighborhood, make sure you go see those guys. They they do a great job of being tight and unique and uh, clearly a genre. So I think they're hitting hitting the notes you mentioned there as things you kind of like. So I'll free, uh, yet another free plug on this highly listened to podcast. Yeah, we just got them twelve more ears. Their stream just went up like ten x. Yeah, yeah, getting shit done. <laughs> Well, speaking of music, you uh, you got another one in the chamber you can fire off for us. It's uh, I'm getting to the bottom of drink number two, and uh, ah, uh, yes, bourbon. I right, here's something I just finished. All right, this one's about um, it's called Know Your Mind. I feel like um, it's based on a Dead Press song called Mind Sex. You guys know Dead Press, a hip hop group. Um, oh, oh yeah. But um, you I know, I saw them. You saw them? I've I've seen them multiple times. But there was a a a riot that happened after one of their shows in Olympia, Washington, that I was at, where uh, oh. there was a fight, 
between a black and a white kid and black kid got arrested and it it was a dead prez concert and so if you know dead prez you know that that's just like you know throwing fuel on the fire type of thing and so they flipped the cop car they broke the windows out they gutted the cop car they lit it on fire uh yeah at a certain point i didn't see like i didn't see the car get lit on fire at a certain point we were like yeah we should probably get out of here before it really gets out of hand and so we drove back to bellingham but yeah uh, dead prez is the shit yeah that album let's get free is like my up there for me it's solid you know so is that dead prez as in a tribute to the dead presidents the old punk band no, it's like P-R-E-Z. I think it's, you know, the, in Dead Presidents, you're typically talking about, like, money in hip-hop, but I don't know why they say Dead Pres. I've been told that it is all about the Benjamins. Yes. That's, uh, yeah. I heard someone said that once. Yeah. Cousin Benjamin, my dog name's Benjamin, car's Benjamin. <laughs> all right, as you were, Jim, sorry to interrupt. Right, let's do it. This is based on yeah, a Dead Pres song, it's, but it's a country song. All right. Laughing out loud late at night, eat underneath the neon light. Slow and steady, how it's supposed to be. Yay, where the eyes locked, lost in the chitter chat. A racehorse heartbeat goes pitter pat. Love you when you lean in close to me. Girl, I wanna get to know your mind. Before I take you home and make you mine Conversating with our hearts entwined Both thinking Damn girl, I wanna get to know you mind Before I take you home and make you mine Conversating with our hearts entwined Both thinking It don't get much better than this Two shots, tequila flowing steady, jukebox dancing the time petty. Mid magic got me mesmerized. Mm, with its last call, let's go, it's getting late. Time flies, don't it feel like fate? Kissing underneath the exit sign. Girl, I wanna get to know your mind before I take you home and make you mine. Conversating with our hearts entwined, both thinking, Damn, girl, I want to get to know your mind before I take you home and make you mine. Conversating with our hearts entwined, both thinking, It don't get much better than this. More or less, just finished it. So nice, as tight. Thanks. So, So how long uh, have you been making country music? Shit, I don't know. You know, I just started. I had this song Shelly that was like kind of like a step in that direction, but it, it at the time I was doing like started doing it country was it wasn't quite country, but now it is country. 
Because I know when you told me, I was like, I was like, those people are as loyal as a fan base gets. So yeah. I mean, Darius Rucker figured that out. So I mean, I, yeah, I, is is was there more to it? Was that really it? No, it's there's there's more to it. I'm I'm down. Yeah, it. yeah, like yeah. I, <laughs> I like I like where country's going. I don't know, and I like that you can you know take all these different styles and put them in country now. So. I mean, I, that's all I write now. Just like, you know, it comes to me in my dreams and stuff. So I think it's like the path to go. Yeah. Cause the weird thing is like, you really don't like country has changed so much. You don't really have to change what you were doing right? other than just to say, Hey, this is country now. Like it's I'd a like rebrand. Get, I'd like to get like a, some co-writers though, because I don't know anything about like, I'm from the country, but you know where we're from when you're from the country and you're a weirdo, you don't really want to be, Right. That's not, you want to be the opposite of everything I, that all that is. So I'm not trying to like really write about that kind of stuff, but you know, it'd be good to get a co-writer to like, that can kind of like, know that knows about like driving trucks and stuff. <laughs> yeah. That's actually, that, that's a lot of the uh, pointers I was going to give you because I, I've been listening to this country music at work. I, I posited a theory a couple of years ago and I stand by it. I have no proof. I can't prove it. It's all anecdotal. And now, the Outsiders Social Club proudly presents How to Write Country Music by Way of Conspiracy Theory. So, my roots of country music basically go back to Willie Nelson and the outlaw country of the 70s. That's where it begins and ends. Uh, then a few years ago, I got a new job. Country was on the radio. You started hearing these songs. Of course, they're mentioning beer and drinking because that's country music. That's how it works. So beer doesn't really raise a flag. But then I started hearing a southern variant, which is cold beer. Not cold beer, but cold beer. So when I started hearing that, that was raising red flags. But what ha happened next shocked even me. Because what I didn't realize is there was about to be a third variant appear, which is ice cold beer. So for a while, I actually wanted to log per hour how many mentions there were to beer versus cold beer versus ice cold beer. But I was working. Didn't have time to do that. So, uh, yeah, I just moved on with my life. As you know, there's the, uh, there's the standard trope that all country music is the same on the macro level with the drinking and the trucks and, you know, with the women leaving you and the whatnot, uh, the heartbreak. But uh, I, that's when I started to realize that maybe even at the micro level now, country music was starting to become homogenized. They were using exact words and phrases. Uh, I'll give you the next example. The one that really uh, pitched that theory was Two Pink Lines. I heard that in a song. I thought, hey, you know what? That's kind of a clever reference to a pregnancy with a pregnancy test. That's uh, it's almost artistic as, as borderline Shakespearean. Chet, I'm, I'm a big fan. But then the problem was within the next few weeks, I heard it again. And I you know, said I was working, so I can't be sure. But I thought I heard a third song mention it. And uh, I mean, like I said that's the, the poeticness of the two pink lines really cushions the blow of the rednecky line that the, the, the test was in the CVS bathroom. But uh, let me digress. Uh, the next one that just, uh, again, reinforced everything I'd already thought was the gotta sell my truck incident. A few years back, there was someone uh, that was trying to check every box on the country cliche list. It was a song about a woman who had left him and then a truck that he had. But here's the rub. The truck had memories tied to the woman that left him, and therefore, he was going to have to sell the truck. Right? I mean, I was like, man, I, I, well done. You, you crossed a bunch of shit off the list. Uh, you found a new angle. This is, this is solid. 
The problem was, one week later, uh, there was another song on the radio about a guy who had a truck and a girlfriend. And then he didn't have a girlfriend, but he still had the truck. And with the memories of her tied to the truck, he had to sell the truck. Um, but his, the title of that song actually had the, uh, the asking price right in the title. So that was, I was like, are you kidding me? These are the same fucking songs. So that was when it really solidified uh, this theory I have. Uh, I think there is a group in Nashville that they meet once a year. And they get together and decide what all the cliches and the tropes they're going to use for the next calendar year. And you basically get a little list, and they say, try to work all of these into your songs as creatively as possible. Sounds a little far-fetched, but then I had the aha moment that became my fucking thesis statement for this whole thing. See, like I said earlier, I'm not a big country guy. I begin and end with Willie Nelson, so I don't have a lot of familiarity. I started hearing this phrase, neon moon. Over and over and over. And I thought, you know, that's really country. That's, that's got to be one of the things that they're all saying right now. Uh, so I looked it up and I realized that that is actually a reference to an old country song. So I was like, wait a minute. So they're all referencing this old song. So I started looking more into that angle. And there's this song, uh, She Had Me at Heads Carolina or some such thing. It's a song about a 90s song using even the title of the 90s song but here's the rub on this one it's a chick sings that song karaoke so that's how he ties it in it's like oh look at you 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 worked in an old song so cheers to you but then i said back to that neon moon though a song where i kept hearing it I started listening, I'm like, wait a minute, a lot of these sound very country cliche-ish. So I looked it up, it's actually an entire song that has names of songs by George Strait. So this whole song is just a song of songs of, by one artist. And, <laughs> and then, like I said, the, the delicious fucking cherry on top to tie this whole thing together. Uh, there was another use of Neon Moon. And when I listened closely to this song, it's actually called... What's your country song? And this song is a list of country song names. So there it is. Uh, I have no way to end this segment, so I just take a small bow and I say also uh, sundress. If you ever want to talk about a woman, just say sundress. Yeah, I feel like country audiences, uh, you know, can handle a little slightly higher level, you know. Um, So we'll see. Well, you know, it's kind of interesting. I think country music is getting to the point where there's room for people who aren't going to be country. I mean, look at look at the mega acts. You got you got Beyonce and the chicks doing doing mashups, right? You got Marin Morris doing doing songs about stuff. And it, it throws back to you know Red Ragtop from Tim McGraw back in the day. I mean, a country song about abortion is not is not you know the thing, but by God, it was out there in 1999 or whatever. It was 2004, so. I think maybe the whole genre is beyond canceling itself and realizing that records, everybody buys records and plays downloads. So I think if, if they're coming into your own, you're, if you're coming into your own, that's just fantastic. Thanks. You, yeah, can't help it. <laughs> yeah, you can always disguise your, well, not even necessarily disguise, but you can, like the melody always takes over. So you can have, I always think of Naughty by Nature, you know, going back to some hip hop, but I always think of like uh, everything is going to be all right by Naughty by Nature, where it's just like, you know, the super happy fucking beat, but you listen to it and it's just about him being abandoned by his family. And like, it's like a hella fucked up song, you know what I mean? In in the lyrical content, 
but at the but same the time it, is... but the tone you know what i mean it's and then like uh, and going to like you know i don't know if you guys would re- uh, recognize the group purity ring but like they did super poppy sounding ethereal angelic uh electronic music and all of the lyrical content was all cult sacrifice <laughs> you know and it was just like oh like you just like did they just say you know stab me in the wound like what well, you're you know just like something very off like that you know but point point of what i'm trying to say is that the you can make a song a hit song about anything and yeah. the lyrics are always going to take second i think it's a yeah they're not listening well it's it's just the swedish uh, you ever watch that netflix documentary this is pop I highly recommend it, but there's the episode about Swedish pop producers and they're just like, yeah, the lyrics come second. And like, you look at all of the hits that all of these producers have put out. Yes. Like they don't make any sense. Well, it, it's not only that they don't make sense, but it's just like, it does, they don't need to. It's no, like, it doesn't matter. It's got a sound sense. Yeah. You know what I mean, the melody makes sense. And yeah. it's just like, if you got that, people are going to follow it. So, yeah. you know, as you were saying, country, the, the country, um, uh, 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 audience, you know, you think that they're not so stupid that they need to be, you know, hand fed this kind of same stuff all all the time. Right. You could definitely give them something new, and people will <coughs> either get on board because they're stoked on it, or get on board because they don't realize that, like, this is like, you know, some like m- meta commentary type of stuff. With I don't like saying that because I don't want to be. Right. You know what I mean? But yeah, I think super of the song, meta douche guy. Yeah. I think of the song <laughs> by Kendrick Lamar, Swimming Pools, you know, and that whole song, it's like the the hook is about it. Like, it seems like you could play it in the club and people would be like, oh, you know, I'm having a drink and stuff. But the whole song is about alcoholism and social anxiety and people uh, drowning their, their, you know, anxious feelings uh, in, in alcohol in order to have like, you know, a, a, a fun experience and stuff like that while disguising right. it as a pop song. So it's like, it can be both of those things at the same time. It's really, you know, the good artists can do it. It's, it's definitely it's always been an interest of mine songs that are like that, where it's does not at all fit. Like for me, the big one is uh Maxwell's silver hammer from the Beatles. Mm-hmm. Like he's literally, the guy's just going through the song, murdering everybody while they're just do 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 silver hammer. He fucking like, wait a minute. He's murdering people to this jolly tune. This is unacceptable. I'd like to play some marker yet again, that the Beatles suck. And no Beatles song has ever been written that was worth listening to. I will come to Idaho and fight you. Not, not any song, Troy. Well, maybe, maybe one or two, maybe six, but definitely not. Maybe not a whole career's worth, and definitely not that stupid picture walk crossing, crossing the road bullshit. No. Oh, that's mean. Oh, what do we got here? That's it right there. I can't see it. Show it again. I don't want to dump my cocaine. Don't want to dump my cocaine, sir. Very good. Well, one of my favorite uh, versions of a song that that lifted somebody, you know, to the height, the highest heights, of course, is "So Son of a Bitch" by Nathaniel Rateliff, right? That guy wrote a song like they were intentionally drinking themselves to death in, you know, a la old country fashion, and wrote that song as a as a rejoiner of getting back into life. And now they have to end every stinking concert with it as their encore because people think it's a party song, as a party anthem. 
Mm-hmm. It's like, it's not, you know, I mean, there's, there's worms crawling all over me. My, my mind is creeping. My body's aching. There's worms crawling all over me. It's just the kind of funniest thing, how we can, we can take that, take that hook, the melody hook and just ride with it or, or just even just one lyric, which is not part of the melody necessarily. Well, just that's the hook another. lyric. And it becomes an earworm that's like, gets in there and doesn't ever come out. And that, that one, every, I've seen him, I don't know, 10 times at various festivals and things. And I always feel bad for the guy to have to perform that song because it made him, it made generational wealth for him and his family. But it was, you know, crushing as, as a family man. It ruined his marriage. It, it broke up his, his partnership. It did all this stuff. And you can, it's right out there, but he still has to celebrate it every night. And it's really weird to me. That's another episode we could do songs that are completely mistaken what they are. Like my, my go-to for that is born in the USA, <laughs> especially like when Reagan wanted to use it for his campaign. It's like, dude, is this isn't a raucous America's awesome anthem. Like you're just confused by the keyboard. Like you'd look past the keyboard. He's not saying we're okay. Never mind. <sighs> but I digress. Music's hypnotizing, man. It's like it shows that a melody is more powerful than a lyric, you know? Yeah. Right. Pe- more people will follow it. It's not that the lyric doesn't exist. It's just well, that, that and Born in the USA is all I could understand from that fucking thing. Like, yeah, awesome, man. Whatever you're saying, that kicks ass. Get to yeah, the Born why. in the USA part. Yeah, yeah Bon Jovi did it pretty well, too, with that whole nonsense. I watch movies with subtitles because I can't understand anyone, let alone like, you know, <laughs> we have an old sounder yet, Rano. We need an old sounder. Cause we've, we've literally got an old crew here. Yeah. We are trending old. That's what we need. Trending old. That's the sounder. I got a trending old placeholder. Yeah. That'll do. That'll um, do pig. That'll what do. A, Jim, what are your favorite? Uh, like, so you did rap for a long time. You listen to rap for a long time. I I understand that rap is very hard to do as a um profession. Did you ever try to put out like albums and stuff besides freestyle? Or no, I wasn't really. To... I would I would say I was a rapper. Like um, I kind of have the same issue with songs. Is like I could just come up with like rhythms <coughs> and melodies, but the lyrics were kind of nonsensical, non-linear. Mm-hmm. Not even in like a, not even like a young thug kind of way. Um, but yeah, so it was never really my thing. It was just like kind of good practice. Yeah, more your cadence and kind of the flow of how you do songs. Yeah. It just, yeah, it really colored a lot of uh, how you sounded. I would make beats. I, I make beats. I think that's okay. like a better lane. But we'll see. I love, I love, I even love, you know, I love hip hop now. I mean, I love like rap now. I don't know if you call it hip hop, but, um, you know, I love it now. It's like, uh, reminds me a little bit of like, um, like Nirvana when they came out or something, you know, it's like, um, it's like, you, you know, like how Young Thug kind of changed everything. It's like this kind of like Percocet, um, you know, lean vibe, but it's, um, it doesn't have to make sense, you know? It's, I mean, uh... I'm not going to say they can write like Kurt Cobain. Some of the, the lyrics become very lucid in their, um, you know, kind of fucked upness. Yeah. But uh, a lot of the times, I think, especially with Young, young Thug, he kind of, I, I had, I've had arguments with some of my friends who are like hip hop purists that, you know, are only like boom bap 
you know, anything past like 2000 is like blasphemous. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, that's about where I am, but I pull it back more to 97. It's like yeah. Tupac ended it for me. Yeah. When Tupac died, I stopped caring. That's when um, rap really just young thug really changed it in the sense that like, yeah, you were, you're, what you're saying is like his lyrics didn't really matter. So he was using his voice as an instrument. And it's like the melodic quality, the cadence, you know what I mean? It's like a, it's like a weird melodic drum, yeah. you know, that, that you can pick up on the words and the meaning if you want to at times, but it doesn't necessarily matter. And if you can just kind of stop latching on to like, oh, what is this person saying? What is this person saying? Cause you know, you go to, you know, rap shows where, where people are doing the boom bap thing and everyone's like standing there and they're. Right. You know, they're not dancing or anything. It's because they're trying to follow along with the lyrics because like everything's about the lyrics and that that kind of rap music, you know, it's just like drums and lyrics. And so it's unless like the sound quality is really good. It's not, you know, there's not like melodic stuff for people to follow and things like that. So this newer style of hip hop was a lot more fun to see live. I'll Miss the scratching carn sarnet. Yeah. Give me an old wheels of steel. What not? I have a lot of DJ friends that uh, are very bummed out about the transition, you know, yeah. into now. Um, DJing is now like a thing that you do for weddings. You know? <laughs> and if you have, you know, you, that's right. that's like what it is, you know. And it used to be singing, and now it's DJing. It's just the progression. Quit, quit making babies. Quit having all these families, and let's get back to the 1970s where we belong. <laughs> Well, on that note, uh, I think we're approaching the hour, Mark. Jim, you got uh, you got one to take us into the post game. Yeah, we'd like you... you to hit the T extra hard in the post game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we've we've cashed the over, so uh, we've cashed the over for drinks in the episode. Sadly, we did not hit the over for dogs, um, but there was plenty of bongs. So, uh, with that, I'll turn it over to Jim. Uh, take us out on a song, my man. I'm glad you said uh, something about um, lyrics not mattering as much. Uh, I have like a million songs with melodies. I think I'm just going to go with it. Once you, you get should, a if, production, I mean, around, you know, you have a, a. I mean, I obviously don't know you that well, but it seems like you have a strong grasp on melody uh, and, and songs. If I've learned anything, uh, and like kind of the theme of my 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 my. Um, second phase of my life that I'm just entering is trust your intuition. You know what I mean? And like, if, if, you know, if, if you feel it, go with it, you know what I mean? And those probably are going to be the songs that'll end up being the hits. You know what I mean? Because you're feeling it in that place that it really matters. And that's where music really talks to. So. Yeah. My intuition says do more drugs. I'm going to (laughs) listen. Cheers. Speaking of which, here's what I, I wrote in uh, Mexico. Very small town I found on the beach. And uh, yeah, this is called par- Paradising. I feel like that's a good like country. <laughs> Paradising as a, a verb. As the day turns into night. Put your little hand in mine
we locked eyes in the fading light right beside the rising tide it ain't nothing but a slow dance everybody needs a little romance finally found forever there ain't no chance I'ma let heaven slip away I wanna kiss you under palm trees Make a little love out in the night breeze You and me together paradise ain't Looks like heaven's here to stay Big smiles and bare feet Heart to heart and cheek to cheek You and me Happy as can be Looking up at shooting stars Yeah, well it ain't nothing but a slow dance Everybody needs a little road Finally found forever, there ain't no chance I'ma let heaven slip away I wanna kiss you under palm trees Make a little love out in the night breeze You and me together, paradise ain't Looks like heaven's here to stay it ain't nothing but a slow dance Everybody needs a little romance Finally found forever, there ain't no chance I'ma let heaven slip away I wanna kiss you under palm trees Make a little love out in the night breeze You and me together, paradise ain't Looks like heaven's here to stay You and me together, paradise ain't Looks like heaven's here to stay Jim Seam, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for coming on the Outsiders Social Club. Uh, wherever you find fantastic artists, you'll find Jim Seam. Take care, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I sure appreciate you. Thank on. you. Yeah, appreciate you, Jeff. Great music. Are we ready to hit the post game? Hit it. <laughs> 